assistance through Virginia's community colleges is your pathway to a new future, helping those who qualify pay for school and train for the right career. Right where you are, right now. Get a skill. Get a job. Get ahead. You can learn more at vccs.edu forward slash G3. Welcome, welcome to After the Bell. I am still Corey Graves. This week simply can't get much bigger. We always talk about the excitement that comes with WrestleMania season. It is SummerSlam season. By the time you're listening to this, it is 24 hours away from the biggest party of the summer. Oh, and NXT TakeOver the next night to help me navigate through the madness of SummerSlam season. My co-host, Vic Joseph. Did you catch that? I didn't insult I did. you. That's I didn't make nice you a sidekick. That's the nicest thing you've said since January. That's what kind of mood I'm in, and not because you're here to co-host with me. It's because of our guest to help us with the extra set of hands, an extra set of thoughts to hopefully pull up the slack that Vic Joseph provides. You may know him from Jim and Sam on Sirius XM. You've seen him on NXT TakeOver. He's even got his own Not Sam Wrestling podcast. Sam Roberts, welcome to After the Bell. It's maybe the only time that you've said something nice about me, Graves, which makes me think that Vic must really be low on the list. It speaks yes. volumes to where Vic yes, stands. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. You you have provided an upgrade this week. How are you feeling, Sam? Are you are you caught by the the SummerSlam fever? Yeah, I'm starting to get there this week specifically. It's one of those things, and I think it creeps. It's almost like Christmas. Like it creeps up on you, and you're like, that ah, doesn't really feel like Christmas. It doesn't really feel like SummerSlam. And then there was something about this week starting. It really started on SmackDown. I think watching John Cena and Roman Reigns face to face. And like really getting serious with each other. That's when I was like, oh, wow, this is really going to happen. This era, John Cena and this era, Roman Reigns, we're really seeing this and this is happening. And then you get to Raw. And I thought the the Goldberg, Bobby Lashley segment was really, really great. And then seeing the, the, the countdown to TakeOver and all the effort that was put into reminding people of all we're getting this weekend on NXT this week. Now I'm now I'm wired. And I, I think this weekend's significant for, for a whole bunch of reasons. Talking about SummerSlam in particular, yes, we had WrestleMania, but we were limited to the capacity at Raymond James Stadium. Obviously, the pandemic rules were in effect then. Now things are much more wide open. We are going to have a, a packed Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas. To me, the, the, the sentiment throughout the locker room that I've noticed is the excitement from all the talent is WrestleMania caliber. People are more fired up about SummerSlam than they were about WrestleMania a few months ago. Do you got, Do you feel that at all, Vic? I, I do, because even as a fan, I sit back and go, man, like the world's a little bit different than it was during the WrestleMania uh, time in the spring, and you're starting to get everyone buzzing on social media. You're seeing the hashtags. You're seeing the crowds again packed in all the arenas. I mean, I get the same feeling when the first time it, it was Houston, Money in the Bank, that whole weekend when the crowds were back, when the WWE Universe was with us. And now it's starting to feel, wow, you know, I wish I was going to be at SummerSlam. I got takeover the next night, so I can't make it. But I'm very jealous of you that you'll be there in Allegiant Stadium surrounded. Also, you're in Vegas, and we all know that I like to get on the strip and do this and do that. But when it comes to business, I'm very excited for what we're going to have this weekend. I am 
pumped up even more to Sam's point after what took place this past Tuesday on NXT. Well, I am fired up to talk about NXT TakeOver. We'll get there in a minute. But first things first, this coming Saturday, Allegiant Stadium streaming live, Peacock, WWE Network, SummerSlam. Sam, you mentioned it, the, the headliner, the marquee matchup. There's, there's multiple of them in this particular instance, but John Cena, Roman Reigns. This has the entire wrestling world buzzing on fire. You've got the best potentially of all time in John Cena. For my money, that's the title he holds versus Roman Reigns, who I would say inarguably doing the best work of anybody in the business right now. Yeah, I mean, Roman Reigns at this time, it, it feels like this massive amount of unrealistic potential that was always kind of hovering over him has finally been realized. And it's almost one of those things where you see Roman and John Cena and you, and you, and you heard them getting personal on Friday. And I think there was a time, and there are a lot of people that I think w- would buckle under John Cena's star power, right? Cause not only sure. is he the, one of the biggest stars that this industry has ever seen, but now he's Hollywood John Cena. Now he's in the suicide squad. He's got an HBO series coming out. He's, He's as big a star as you can get. And Roman just standing across from him without even saying anything, without reacting fully to everything that he was saying, didn't miss a beat. Roman still felt like he had an ownership of the ring that John Cena was in, which is not a position that Roman Reigns has been in before with John Cena. I I agree with you wholeheartedly. It feels as though Roman has finally grown into the shoes that had been expected for him. To your point. You're talking about, you're talking about those Travis Scott fragment threes that he was wearing. (laughs) I knew you were bringing that up. (laughs) I mean, the ones, the ones that there's three, the ones, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I literally did a 12 minute monologue on my podcast this week about how the sneakers that Roman Reigns was wearing on SmackDown are indicative of the mainstream star that Roman is and is becoming and has become. And it's within the context of the WWE ring. It's not for anything outside. Right, right. And we've seen John Cena versus Roman Reigns once before in the past, but it didn't feel like this. This feels like this is how it was supposed to be all along. You've got, you yeah. know, the guy versus the greatest of all time. It's it's a, you know, Tom Brady versus Pat Mahomes sort of vibe. I use that analogy too frequently, but that's truly how it is. It's it's really, really exciting to see. And I think it's the growth, too, of Roman Reigns because a lot of people go back to the first time these two met and they talk about that infamous promo that was on Monday Night Raw where Roman was looking at John and John kind of poked the bear a little bit and Roman had to regather himself. And now it's totally different. I mean, it's a whole different ball game between these two. And Roman has stepped up to the plate and is at a new level, as we've talked about. I'll throw this to both of you, Sam. I'll start with you. When I think of this matchup, this main event at SummerSlam, are we getting that rock John Cena, rock Hogan vibe that it's like these two clashes of generational talents on on a new level on this sort of stage, which is SummerSlam because of the times we're in? I think this one is slightly different in the sense that I almost feel like John Cena is not presenting himself as an icon of a different era. John right. Cena is still presenting himself as somebody, I mean, he said it on he still is, right? <laughs> but that he's still the guy. The reason he's back is because they wanted Roman Reigns to be the guy and he's just not. That's where Cena's coming from. I think that Roman is, is going to have to prove, and I think he will, 
in this match that this is not Cena's era anymore. I think usually in those in in, in that sort of Rock Hogan match and the in the Rock Cena match, you're going in knowing this is a battle of two eras. Roman is going to have to take ownership of this era through the course of his match with John Cena. We're talking battle of eras. That might be more better reserved for the WWE championship match as the almighty WWE champion Bobby Lashley defends against Hall of Famer Goldberg. When these guys stood face to face, it's only happened a couple times with this past uh, Monday night on Raw. Man, the intensity, the crowd was lit up. It felt big. This is this is a different type of matchup. I fully expect uh, Cena and Roman to be a classic that people will be talking about for years and years and years. I feel like Lashley and Goldberg might be memorable, but for a whole other reason. <laughs> I just think it's going to be quick. I think it's going to be explosive. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to this one because I, this is going to be about sheer dominance. I mean, I, I think that Lashley's rise has been remarkable. I think that this is a, a version of Bobby Lashley that people have literally been waiting for since like WrestleMania 23 yeah. to come to fruition. And now that it's here, and you know, I think that there were a lot of people that when they envisioned what this post-pandemic era would look like, what SummerSlam would look like this year, a year ago, were thinking that Drew McIntyre would be the one that was the WWE champion. But as soon as that title was around Lashley's waist, there was something about it that made you go, this is right. This is exactly yes. where we should be. And I feel like Goldberg is the guy that Lashley is going to use to prove that, yeah, you're right. I'm, I'm the person who should be wearing this right now. We use the buzzword here, legitimize. Does this mm -hmm. legitimize even more Bobby Lashley, Sam? I think depending on the nature of the match, I think that to, to truly, what I want to see is I want to see Bobby Lashley get legitimized even further. And for that to happen, I mean, I want to see destruction. I want to see Goldberg go down and go down hard. I don't want to see Bobby Lashley catch Goldberg, make one mistake. I don't want to see Bobby Lashley go like, oh, you got me this time, but next time I'm going to, I want Bobby Lashley to end this thing with an exclamation point and make it clear that there's nobody that can argue that he is the man. Love it. I couldn't agree anymore. And it's kind of funny hearing the parallels when you say and, and explain it the way you did, Sam, the growth of Roman Reigns almost parallels Bobby Lashley. Different timelines, but the same, oh, this guy's going to be the guy someday. And initially, it just it didn't feel right. And it took time for them both to figure out who they truly are as competitors, as personalities. And it took a long time. But finally, now we have two bona fide, legitimate champions on raw and smackdown it's going to be a big weekend for both of them while we're talking titles women's triple threat match nikki ash defending against rhea ripley and charlotte flair does anybody think otherwise that if charlotte flair doesn't leave vegas as the champion it's going to be a disappointment i mean i'm gonna to have to be honest with you i want this nikki ash thing to be real like when nikki came out dressed like a superhero i think I was like a lot of the WWE universe, skeptical to say the least. Like, what is this? We've known this person. I don't understand what's going on. But there's been something about the authenticity that Nikki has lended being the almost superhero that makes me go like, I, I, I want this to work. And I think, I think this, this can work. 
But in order for it to work, I think that she needs to not just want to win matches and not just be happy that she tried to win matches. I think she's got to win matches. I think it would be nice to see the women's division have a fresh coat of paint and see Nikki Ash come out of SummerSlam as a true women's champion. I think when you take a look at it, you know, she was on with us last week, uh, of course, and if she can park a semi-truck, parallel park it for you, Graves, <laughs> I think then she well deserves that Raw Women's Championship again to be around her waist. But we've talked about it a lot. And Sam, Graves and I have always gone back and forth on the WWE Universe might complain and moan and cry about Charlotte Flair, but we all need Charlotte Flair around the championship because she, and I'll use the buzzword again, legitimizes whoever she is facing, whoever steps in the ring with her, and she legitimizes the championship. She's always going to be around the title, whether it's around her waist or she's challenging for it. Do I necessarily think, though, to answer Graves' question that Charlotte Flair needs to win? I kind of side with Sam, whether it's Rhea Ripley getting the championship again or if it's Nikki A.S.H. defying the odds and holding on to the championship. I would like to see that fresh coat, but it's also hard to argue about Charlotte Flair. G3 Assistance through Virginia's community colleges is your pathway to a new future, helping those who qualify pay for school and train for the right career. Right where you are, right now. Get a skill. Get a job. Get ahead. You can learn more at vccs.edu forward slash G3. How about on the blue side of things? Sasha Banks, Bianca Belair, SmackDown Women's Championship rematch from the main event of WrestleMania night one this year. What's your takeaway in this? You know, we talk about uh, uh, legitimizing titles or legitimizing reigns. I think Bianca had one of the most amazing WrestleMania moments of all time when she was crowned women's champion of SmackDown. She's a a big fan of Sam Roberts, correct? From what I understand. I think (laughs) all of our previous interactions have been generally positive. I think historically... Speaking, um, look. Yeah, you need a look, fresh coat of paint on that answer, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> look, we can't all live in the past, you know. I don't live in the past. I would hope that Bianca Belair doesn't live in the past either. You know, I don't think that's the attitude of a winner. I want to see Bianca's reign be legitimized. I want to see Bianca's reign have a moment where it's like, this isn't about the crowning. Because sometimes championships are about the moment. And sometimes championships are about the champion and, and the reign that they have as champion. And I think that there are, I think there are a lot of people, a lot more people than there were for WrestleMania that can see Sasha Banks coming in and taking the title from Bianca Belair at SummerSlam. Um, and as big of a Sasha Banks fan as I am, I want this victory to symbolize that this is a, a, a full-on reign as champion not the crowning of a champion if that makes sense i I would agree with you and i think i think bianca's done a great job of growing into the role as champion she won and was admittedly you know lacking a lot of experience she hasn't been in this business very long 
won it at the pinnacle and then it's what you do afterwards. So, and I think, I think Bianca's done a fantastic job of representing the SmackDown women's division. She's, she looks like a star every time she's on the screen. She, she, you know, is getting better in the ring each and every time. Uh, I think it's going to be awesome either way. I'm looking elsewhere on the card. We've got Drew McIntyre versus Jinder Mahal. I think this is a great opportunity for Jinder to remind people, hey, I was a WWE champion at one point. And when I, I, I look back so fondly on Jinder's reign as WWE champion. I feel like it gets swept under the rug. There weren't a, a litany of memorable moments. But, man, it was fun. The Punjabi celebration on SmackDown was, to this day, one of my favorite nights going to work. It was just so much fun with the dancing and the imagery. I think I think it could be a fun one, and I think Drew really needs a a landmark victory to reestablish himself. He was in the WWE Championship picture for so long, and he's he's sidetracked now, which is sort of refreshing. It allows things to kind of open up a little bit and, and get different faces in the mix. And I think this this has potential to to get a lot of people talking. Yeah, man, I think gender is criminally underrated. I think I think gender is is I think he's great, and I think people forget that he's great when he's gone. And then they show up, but you just watch the way. I mean, Graves, you're there front and center. You watch the way the crowd reacts to him on Monday Night Raw. And, you, and he just gets rained down with booze. He's and you're a like, true he's, bad guy. <laughs> yes, he's a villain in every sense of the word. People love to boo the bad guys, Sam. <laughs> yes, they boo the bad guy. That's, and, there, and there's gender making it happen. Um, you know, I think it's really interesting with Drew. I think... Uh, I think that he's in this position where he's almost got to reestablish himself with the WWE universe to get back to that place where he was coming off of the 2020 Royal Rumble. You know, I think that because his title reign, while it was unimaginably successful, happened at a time where there weren't fans in the building, that energy and that wave just didn't move the way it was supposed to move. And I right. think that I think that Drew has to go out there and remind people why they supported him. And I agree. I think, especially with a, somebody as villainous as Jinder Mahal, is with the history that they have, I think that I think Jinder is a great opponent for Drew to begin that effort of reestablishing himself with the universe. I think one of the words that you guys use is, is reconnect, and it's still odd to think of the time we were in the, in the Thunderdome that Drew McIntyre was the flag bearer was was one of the flag bearers that that waved the WWE flag and he does have to sort of reconnect with the WWE universe and I think this is a great opportunity that and both of you guys said it for both these guys to do just that they're going to put on a great match they have great chemistry obviously they've worked with each other in the past and to be on that stage of SummerSlam I think is is going to really help them both out and this is another one that might be a, a sneaky match that at the end you kind of go wow that was that was awesome. Sam, I'm going to throw it to you. We talked about it prior to the, uh, the recording of this podcast regarding our picks to steal the weekend. And Vic and I both agreed Seamus versus Damian Priest for the United States Championship has the chance to totally take the weekend. For my money, Seamus has been on a whole other level for the better part of a year. Priest has been doing the Lord's work every time you see him, every time Priest steps in the ring or picks up a microphone, it means something. It's important. Priest has been on a, a steady upward trajectory since arriving on Monday Night Raw. I think a lot of people are going to be buzzing about both these guys because we forget how good Sheamus can truly be. I'm really glad you give Sheamus that credit because I don't think enough people do. I, I, he's Especially in the last 10 months, he's just been everything that he's done 
has been good and meaningful and fierce and 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 brutal. But Damian Priest, I am the biggest fan of in the world. I think that talk about a guy who has combined all the elements of sports and entertainment and and, and very quickly found a space on Raw where he comes across like a massive star. I think that now that we're away from everything that was around him, and it's just his opportunity to on his own shine. That is what I think this match is going to be about. Damian Priest coming into his own and kind of letting this match be his announcement to the world that he's here. And I don't think I'm betraying any secrecy. I mean, I've chatted to Sheamus. Sheamus to this day truly is a guy who is proud of everything he's accomplished in WWE, yet still in a manner feels underappreciated. Sheamus still has been a world heavyweight champion. Sheamus has done everything there is to do. He's won the Royal Rumble. King of the ring. List goes on. It goes on and on and on. But yet for some reason, Sheamus never gets put in that same echelon or category as a, as a Randy Orton or, you know, a John Cena. And I'm not trying to say that they are, that's not necessarily the greatest comparison, but I feel like Sheamus should be spoken of in a similar breath. Yeah. And I think he will. Sheamus is one of those guys that when he's gone, people will appreciate how great he was on every level. I mean, you know, he was the, he was the, we should WWE. appreciate him now. I appreciate agree. Him now. That's my point. I, I look at him when he's a WWE champion and then, and then he, he moves and he should look the bar when yeah. he was with Cesaro in that team. I mean, and, and the stuff that he's doing today, the fact that he's doing his best stuff now right. that, that he keeps getting better. It's like unheard of, man. It really is. I really think that's going to have a lot of people talking and the same. I would bet money. I might bet money on this. We will be in Vegas. Seth Rollins versus edge. This is a match we've been waiting years for. Didn't think it was even possible. Now here it is. Here it is. Seth Rollins edge SummerSlam Vic. It's, it's one of those things that we live in like a bubble, right? Because we're so into all the shows and we're going in and out and we're traveling. And I even forgot that you go back seven years ago, really when this story began, right? You know, and that's, what's cool to me is, wow, we can go back seven years. First time ever, you know, a match, as you just mentioned, never thought would happen. And when edge made his return and we even had edge on, on the program. And one of the early shows I did with you here on after the bell, we were rattling off bucket list matches that we would love to see that even he acknowledged. And one was Seth Rollins. And to see it at SummerSlam, to see the story that's being told of the seven years, to get back into the stadium, the vibe, the WWE Universe, everything put together. This is the easy pick to say what match you think is going to steal the show. You, this match is the one everyone's going to say, and I think it will deliver. I'm very, very excited for two guys that I appreciate both professionally and personally. Sam? Yeah, man. I think what's so special about this, first of all, like, the fact that seeds were planted in the weeks leading up to Money in the Bank, the fact that Money in the Bank ended with a clear path into SummerSlam for this match, and the idea that, yeah, not only I'm sure Edge said that he'd love to face Seth Rollins, but when Edge made his return and made it clear that he wasn't just coming back for one match with Randy Orton, he was coming back to come back, conversations started happening. Who are the dream matches that you never thought you'd see that you'd love to see Edge have? And Seth Rollins was at the top of everybody's list. So, uh, you know, I hope, and I think we do all appreciate how cool it is. 
that we're getting to see this match on this stage. It's very, very cool to me. And, and I know we're all relatively close to the same age range. This is as close to a clash of eras as anything else on the card. And, and I know Seth Rollins is a guy who is a fan of Edge. We all were. We all. T- this is one of those improbable things that is becoming reality. And I, I distinctly remember a few years back when Seth Rollins defended his championship against Sting. I texted him. I said, this is ridiculous. Do you understand? You are, you are about to compete on pay-per-view with our one of our childhood heroes. Obviously, I was a little older as Edge came into his own, but it's that same kind of vibe. Like, this shouldn't be happening, but it is. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, and it's not even that much older. You know, 1997, 1998, 1999, Sting is hitting his peak and Edge is there. This is, this right. is Edge's generation. So, and, and you can, I think, draw a, a lot of the same parallels where... Maybe when Seth was first breaking in, people didn't think, oh, this is a future world champion. He's great, but I don't know if he's a future world champion. Seth proved everybody wrong. Edge came in. Oh, he's great. I don't know if he's a future world champion. Edge proved everybody wrong. So to see these two people who I think are both, I think Edge is undeniably an icon of his era. And I think at the end of the day, Seth will be looked at in a very similar way to what he's done for current day WWE. And I think there's something said to me about the hunger in both, too, because Edge wants to prove that he can hang, and Seth Rollins wants to prove, well, he can hang with, as you said, his hero. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of great things that's going to happen. I'm very pumped for that. I'm almost at a loss for words. I'm fired honest. up about this match because there's nothing to it. It is a, a, a rivalry. It is just a one-on-one match between two guys who don't like each other. There's no title at stake. There's no stipulation. It's just two of the best of all time at what they do, doing it in a big way at SummerSlam. While we're talking about unlikely matchups, Vic, I'm going to toss it to you because the day after SummerSlam, NXT TakeOver, Sunday, Samoa Joe versus Karrion Cross for the NXT Championship. Uh, Samoa Joe hasn't competed in a match since February of 2020. So... Graves is a former in-ring competitor. You've missed maybe three months, four months, six months. You're talking about someone who hasn't competed since February 2020. Not only is coming back, but also is stepping into a marquee match, SummerSlam weekend. I mean, you can feel the pressure. I talked to Beth Phoenix and Wade Barrett about it, and that's unbelievable. I don't think, Beth's like, I don't think I could have done that. Wade said the same thing. I mean, that just speaks to the talent that Samoa Joe is. And let's be perfectly honest. We, we all know Samoa Joe is not exactly human. Well, that's true, too. I mean, he also was on the show recently, kind of, you know, showed that. But Sam's going to be part of the pre-show, of course, for NXT TakeOver 36. And, man, Samoa Joe carrying Cross, though. I know we've had Cross on the show as well. Graves, a big fan of carrying Cross. And these two guys, this isn't going to be a scientific matchup. If you watch Tuesday, they're just going to beat the holy hell out of each other throughout the entire Capital Wrestling Center. I think there's two really, really cool things about this match. Number one, I mean, again, you bring up that conversation about eras, but the fact that NXT is in a place where you can even have that conversation. NXT, who was the kind of the new kid at the table, right. now has been around and has a history that's rich enough that you can have people that run Samoa Joe and Carrying Cross. And I was really thinking about it. And this realistically is a match between the two most dominant champions that NXT has ever had. Just two pure bulldozers that are going to be colliding. And two guys, authenticity is a word that's thrown around, but two guys that you look at, and there isn't a second 
that you don't believe everything they're saying and everything that they're doing. Those are these, these are two guys that if you're in a bar with a carrying cross or a Samoa Joe and you say the wrong thing, you know they really will rip your head off. You, you know the end result already. So, yeah. so save yourself a beat. <laughs> I, I cannot wait, man. This is a matchup that kind of came out of like Graves wrestling imagination. Like, oh man, I bet you those guys would have a fun match. When you like to rebook the territory as we often do, it's it's here. It's in our laps. I cannot wait. I think it's going to be awesome. But I want to look at and talk about NXT TakeOver as a whole. The importance of the event. NXT has gone through a big metamorphosis over the past several months. I think this Sunday, I think it can't be lost on everybody from top to bottom. And I, in fact, I know it's not lost because I know the culture down there. I know what is instilled in everybody. I think Sunday is of the utmost importance for NXT to really reestablish itself. We're still here and we are still going to give you the best in-ring action on the planet and some of the most compelling people that will be megastars you know, in the future. I think it's a huge opportunity and I think... Everyone who steps in the ring, and I have no doubt this, this, Vicky, you may know better than I, this might have already been instilled to everybody, but from the time anybody steps in the ring until they, you know, they're, they're out and they're gone, I think you're going to see the best everybody has to offer up and down the card for that very reason. Would you agree? Graves, it's hard to argue because you were here at the very early stages. NXT TakeOver typically set the bar for the weekend. It was that, okay, go out and top this now type right, of attitude. Right. And now it's turned into, specifically for this weekend, with everything you talked about, we're going to be the brand that everyone's remembering, that we're going to overshadow what happened Saturday. And that's really the attitude of don't lose anything, focus on the task at hand, go out there and kick ass. Make everybody know your name where you start to establish yourself as a top-notch superstar, whether it's Raw, whether it's SmackDown. And guys like Samoa Joe, make them remember why. Make them remember why they chanted Joe, Joe, Joe and still do. So, yeah, it's, it's hard to argue Graves' point, Sam. And you've been part of more takeovers, at least in recent memory, as part of the pre-show that there is a mentality at NXT. Yeah, I actually counted, and I think out of the 35 takeovers that we've had, I've done 20 pre-shows for these takeovers. So I've gotten it's miraculous to, I, we made it this far. I can't believe it. <laughs> I mean, look, those takeover pre-shows, let's be honest, I gave the WWE Pat McAfee, I gave the WWE Jimmy oh, Smith, here we go. I, gave, I gave the WWE Mansoor. Like, the list goes on and on and on, but it's not about me, it's about takeover. And you're right, like that that sort of attitude has always been there. But TakeOver, I feel like, got to a place where it was almost like it was accepted that this is going to be the show of shows. This is go it, TakeOver developed a reputation for itself. And I think for the first time in a long time, uh, TakeOver is at this place where there is a different kind of attention on it. And I think that the superstars of NXT, if if I know them like I think I know them, are sitting there going, now more than ever is the night that we prove that what we're doing here is different, what we're doing here is special, and what we're doing here sets the pace for what is cool and what is possible in the industry. Looking up and down the cards, Sam, is there anything particularly that you are excited about? Well, we were talking about it uh, a little bit before we uh, before we were recording, but man, when I saw, I think it was in October, Walter and Ilya Dragunov just tear it down on NXT UK. And when I watched what those two could do in a room with no other people in it, just 
two superstars in a ring tearing each other limb from limb. And I felt the ride that I went on as a fan watching this. And I, I felt like what I was feeling watching it should have been impossible given the circumstances. And I, yet I was there to think that the rematch is finally happening. Not only this time in front of fans at the Capitol wrestling center, but with the expectations that that first match gives it and on the stage that is takeover, that's that reputation that I was talking about that it's built for itself. I feel like Walter versus Dragunov two is going to be one of those matches that we talk about forever. And it's a match, a rematch, 10 months in the making between Dragunov and Walter. And we've just seen the physicality from Dragunov. You talked Pete Dunn a few weeks ago. This week, it's Roderick Strong. Uh, that match is going to deliver. And the first match that they had, you had Shawn Michaels, Triple H, William Regal. Um, you had Drew McIntyre, Sheamus of all people that we've talked about. Come out and talk about the brutality, the type of physicality they saw in that matchup. So that matchup definitely will raise the bar, not only for the two individuals, but for the UK brand itself to get more eyes on NXT UK. When I also take a look at this card, I think about Raquel Gonzalez, Dakota Kai for the NXT Women's Championship. That again is a story and a friendship that has now turned into a rivalry that's well over a year and a half in the making. And I think that match is going to maybe be one that steals the show and has a lot of people talking about it as well. I'm going to disagree with you only because I see this being short, one-sided destruction. Really? I want to see Raquel tear Dakota Kai apart quickly because again much very similar to, to Bianca Belair as the Smackdown women's champion Raquel is still growing in to being the NXT women's champion okay that title is arguably the most prestigious women's championship in, in sports entertainment at least in the in the past decade or so I mean think of all the classics you got to go back to Sasha and Bailey and Brooklyn yeah. I mean just there's no shortage of great moments Asuka's entire reign now that's those are Raquel's shoes to fill and she's doing a nice job but I honestly, I just want to, I want her, we're talking about reminding everybody who you are, why you are, what you are. I want to see Raquel Gonzalez dominate and destroy in about 30 seconds. Wow. Wow. I mean, I can't feel the same way as you. I love the story of Dakota Kai. If you look at where she came from in NXT and, and, and you look at previous takeovers way before Raquel Gonzalez, the War Games match where she ended up turning on Tegan Knox, And the reason that she turned on Tegan and the rest of her team was because she was underappreciated and she was overlooked. And she had people saying what Corey Graves is saying, basically, I want to see her get beaten up. She's whatever. It's, it's, it's whatever. It's about her opponent. It's about her opponent. It's about her opponent. I think that the Dakota Kai, when she really realizes when you push her one step too far and you make it about the other person, that's when you get the best out of Dakota Kai. And that to me is how Dakota Kai has taken herself all the way up to being in the women's title match at takeover. Well, good. Then somebody should play Dakota Kai, a clip of me saying what I said, because I stand by it. I see Raquel Gonzalez destroying her in less than a minute. Okay. Well, guess what? I said that about Bianca Belair and the internet hated me for three years. Well, so the internet's good luck hated me for years. <laughs> I started the internet. Yeah. Yeah. Come on now. <laughs> you know, but you know, Dakota Kai hates being the sidekick. <laughs> Moving along, though, we love to talk about nostalgia. How about the million dollar championship? I mean, this just to be able to say that and to call million dollar championship matches to me is one of the coolest things. But to see LA Knight, Cameron Grimes, Sam, there's a little bit of a twist to this because if 
LA Knight's victorious. Then Ted DiBiase becomes a million-dollar butler, so there's a lot more pressure on Cameron Grimes. But story aside, just a million-dollar championship being back under the WWE umbrella is just cool for me as that that's still that child at heart. Well, I love that this is what NXT does, that NXT... They they tip their hat to the history. They pay homage to what came before and what entertained us all as kids, but at the same time, push it as far forward as you can possibly push it. You know, you bring back that million dollar title so that we can all feel those feelings of, oh yeah, I can't believe this is so cool. The million dollar title is back. But then LA Knight and Cameron Grimes have a ladder match that tears the house down. You know, you get the entertainment part where you get to see Cameron Grimes, I mean, wrestling in a tuxedo, being the butler on the golf course. Ted DiBiase is back. He's back on commentary. He's added to the stipulation where if now Cameron Grimes loses, DiBiase becomes the butler. There's a very old school feeling to the whole thing. But what I love is that this old school feeling is going to be coupled with a match that is going to be one of the most physical and modern matches that you could hope to see at a takeover. And we always talk about takeovers and we talk about NXT and, and, and Sam Graves and I have talked about it, whether it's Halloween Havoc, Great American Bash, uh, it just all the war games, all these things that get brought back, they give you different feels about the vibe of NXT. But we talk about feels, we talk about vibes. There's going to be a certain vibe. Two out of three falls, Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly. It is the undisputed finale taking place. One of the most talked about matches heading into SummerSlam weekend. And this is another one that I would throw on the list of matches that could steal the entire weekend. I mean, I know I keep changing my answer, but looking at it on paper, knowing what You can't what be wrong if you keep changing your answer, Graves. Well, I rarely am wrong. <laughs> Thought I was wrong once. Turns out I was mistaken. As it is right now, looking at this on paper, Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, first fall singles match, second fall street fight, third fall inside of a steel cage. I mean, you have to look back fondly on everything that the Undisputed Era accomplished together. Now the, the last little remnants are being blown to smithereens. It's personal. It's legitimate. It's real. I am very, very excited. I have no doubt O'Reilly and Cole will deliver. Here's to me why this match is so special is because you're right. NXT feels like it's on the precipice of whatever's next, right? And this is could be the cap of what this era is. So. Moving forward, what's the note that we're left on? Is it Kyle O'Reilly as stepping forward as, yep, he's the guy out of the undisputed era. He's the guy to come out and be the face and to lead NXT. Or is it Adam Cole establishing dominance as possibly the greatest NXT superstar of all time? I feel like the, the ramifications of this one go so much deeper than you could write on paper. I think there's a lot of matches that are on NXT TakeOver 36 that at the end of the day will start writing that next chapter for the black and gold brand. I completely agree, and I'm excited to see what the future holds. I think it's going to be a big weekend. WWE as a whole, Raw, SmackDown, NXT will look very different come Monday. Whether that just be something as simple as new champions or new alliances or, or you know, I guarantee there'll be surprises of some sort this weekend. That's what I'm, I'm most stoked about. It's going to be a different WWE come Monday. I, I was thinking that as you were talking about the vibe going into SummerSlam and how people feel and how it's different from WrestleMania. And I think that at WrestleMania, we knew we were going back to the Thunderdome. I think at WrestleMania, the feeling was that, that yeah, this is what we've been building towards, but we also know what the world looks like after WrestleMania. I think SummerSlam 
could be a complete refresh for all three brands. I, I, I think SummerSlam, there's just something about it where to me, even if you look at these top matches, right? If you look at Roman Reigns and John Cena, either we get to SmackDown next, a week from Friday, and John Cena is the champion again, or we're looking at a Roman Reigns who has beaten John Cena over on Raw. Either Goldberg shows up on Monday with the title or Bobby Lashley shows up as completely indestructible. You know, do we have Damian Priest holding gold for the first time? Does RK Bro even exist? Do, right. all, does all does, this does stuff Omos put Riddle through the ring? <laughs> because yeah, everything counts. Everything counts right now yeah. at SummerSlam. And I feel like if you look down this card and the same for TakeOver, every single match has ramifications that that make the future questionable. I love it. I my, my favorite event every year is usually the Raw after WrestleMania. Obviously, circumstances kind of prevented that from being the case this past year. Uh, so perhaps the Raw after SummerSlam will kind of satiate my need for that sort of rabid fan base and, and everybody going, what's going to happen next? It feels like it's been so long since we've had that moment to just go, I have no idea what's next. And it's exciting. Gentlemen, good luck to both of you at NXT TakeOver this Sunday. WWE Network on Peacock. Vic, what time does that thing kick off? Hey, I want to say, though, good luck to you this Saturday. SummerSlam streaming live also on Peacock. Do not, under any circumstance, miss what is going down this weekend, this Saturday. Less than 24 hours from when you are listening to this right now. SummerSlam, 8 p.m. Eastern time on Peacock. Sunday, NXT TakeOver. Takeover kickoff just before the event, 7.30 kickoff show, 8 p.m. start time. Don't miss it. The landscape will likely change drastically. Actually, Sam kicks off NXT TakeOver 36 along with uh, Mackenzie. Do you understand the magnitude of the task at hand for you, Sam? We're talking about the importance of this. I want you to really, really buy in and believe and understand the, the magnitude of what you have to do. Dude, the task at hand is Vic doesn't know what time the show starts. He just goes out there. Once Sam is talking, he's like, oh, okay, I guess it's time for me to go out there. I guess the show's about to start. That's not a lie, actually, because I know as soon as (laughs) Sam starts talking, okay, I probably should start making my way to Gorilla because we got a match. And then when that match ends, I got about a 15-minute buffer to do what I need to do. So, actually, Sam, you are the the pace car for me on Sunday. So, I do appreciate you more than you even know. How about this? This week, you can come over and have dinner on me. I appreciate that. The dinner will be on you. It won't be on me, but I'll, you know, and I'm not going to cook like, it either, but I'll make sure you're taken care of somehow. I appreciate that. You're welcome. I'm going to go try to find one of Siegfried and Roy's tigers in Vegas. What? <laughs> That's a very choreographed type thing to do, actually. All of a sudden, I'll get a text. You won't believe what I found. I told you I said I was going to do it. Snap image like, holy hell, you're going to get arrested. <laughs> well, don't miss it. SummerSlam tomorrow, Saturday, TakeOver Sunday. It is going to be a massive, massive weekend for all things WWE and for us here at After the Bell. Uh, follow us at After the Bell on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can find me at WWE Graves. You can find Vic at Vic Joseph WWE. Sammy, where can the people find you? At Not Sam across all social media. NotSam.com has links to everything. Not Sam Wrestling is the podcast. And of course, mornings on Sirius XM 103 with the gorgeous Jim Norton. What a handsome fellow that Jim Norton is. You can listen to ATB for free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. If you're using Spotify, search after the bell, hit the follow button, 
Keep up with all your favorite shows in the WWE Podcast Network by following at WWE Podcast on all social media platforms. We'll be back next week with more wisdom, more vitriol, an incredibly different landscape, most likely, and more WWE after the bell. After the bell. G3 Assistance through Virginia's Community Colleges is your pathway to a new future. Helping those who qualify pay for school and train for the right career. Right where you are, right now. Learn more at vccs.edu forward slash G3.